Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Well, you're here, I guess. That's you, the listener. She's, <laughs> she's talking to you, the listener. She's resentful of the audience that we're building. No, I'm talking about you. No, because you were you were looking directly at the audience. No, I was when looking you at your that. graying beard. Oh, come on, mate. It's sexy, it's fine. I don't believe you. Look, you look older every day. <laughs> but I like it. Well, isn't that is that that's good? Isn't yes. It? Oh, by the way, I'm Claire, you're James. I'm James, we recommend things. We do I don't just insult my husband. I but mean, I, a large percentage of this podcast is us just insulting each other. Correct, exactly. Love is built we save on it all up. many insults. We're very kind during the week and then we unleash it all. <laughs> in this half an hour yeah, podcast. In a public forum. Excellent. Okay, okay, so listen, I normally go first. Does that still apply to this particular day? Yeah, I guess day? so. Okay, excellent. Old gentlemen's first. Oh, oh, I should have said elderly gentlemen's first. That would have been better, but still, you, you got the general idea right, Okay, you? you? got your message across. Just before you bang on about the thing you're recommending, I have a theory. What annoys me about being a woman sometimes? I can tell you what annoys me about you being a bloody woman. <laughs> I tell you that bloody much, man. No, I just think that you effortlessly... Look, get better looking as you age. I disagree. I think if you look at maybe some odd haircuts <laughs> I've had, sure, I've made some improvements. In yeah, that I don't remember respect. the days when you came back from the hairdresser with your shiny, shiny black hair that the woman had said, definitely dye all like, your hair black. No, because she was like, you got a wedding coming up. It wasn't our <laughs> wedding. It was another one I was emceeing. She's like, this would just take the edge off. And I'm like, great, no worries. And she gave me this Beatles haircut. <laughs> It was like jet black and I went home and I just shaved my head. I'm like, I'll just go. No, 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 no. You skipped one step. You picked me up from oh, yeah, mum and dad's true. house. Yeah, yeah. I got in the car well, and you went, what do you think? <laughs> no, there's no, <laughs> there's no way I went to you and went, this is fine, isn't it? Because it wasn't. It was so shiny. Yeah. Anyway, the movie that I'm uh, recommending today, just like 17. Why did I let her talk me into it? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it was, uh, it's Dolomite is my name. It's a Netflix movie. Is Getting Dolomite a... your name? No, it's the name of this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, it stars, not exclusively, but Wesley Snipes, Keegan-Michael Key, uh, Divine Joy Randolph, Craig Robinson, who you might know as uh, Daryl from The Office. Oh, um, yes, I yeah. do, because I don't know but, any of those names. But it is. No, you, you'll definitely know some of them. Uh, so, But it actually stars Eddie Murphy as oh. Rudy Ray Moore, who basically was this hero of Eddie Murphy growing up because the story about this guy is, well, Eddie Murphy describes him as he's a loser who can't lose. So he's, it, by the time the film opens in the early, early 70s, it, it, it's, he's kind of old and, he, and he's kind of doughy and he's hustling still to break out into comedy and music. Like he's an MC in a comedy room and he keeps trying to push his records for local radio stations to play and they're just not, they're not interested in this guy at all. So what he does off the back of listening to some stories from some homeless guys, he develops this character called Dolomite, which is part part pimp, part... Peter uh, p- picks pimp, a pipe of pepper, pepper, pickled peppers. <laughs> He's pepper. a pimp and nightclub owner who uses this kind of rhyming slang to like tell these amusing and rude so- stories. So he records this album, goes to sell it. This is all true, by the way. 
Nobody wants, nobody's interested in it, even though it has a really huge groundswell in the local community. Like, so he starts selling them just off, off his own bat and they do really, really well. They can't be played anywhere because they're, they're very rude for the de- for now. It's like they're very rude. They're very rude for now. It's like it's pretty it's pretty standard stuff. Probably just a few swears. That's there. That's right. But for then it was like there's no way that they could they could play this. So off the back of that, he decides to make a movie with this character. So he puts everything on the line. He sells the right to his records, which are doing really well, and he makes this and with no movie experience. He makes this movie about this character Dolomite. In it, he is like this sleazy kung fu fighting, womanizing caricature <laughs> of a human being, and it's this, it's this complete nonsense blacks exploitation. I can never say that word properly. Film from the era it came out in 1975, and again, nobody wanted to pick it up. So he made this movie huge. It, it went into huge debt. Then found a cinema himself, released it, it built a groundswell. Studios wanted to buy it. Then it got a nationwide release and ended up being like one of the top ten films. Of, of the year. So he basically it's, it's about this guy who it's, it's about, I guess, giving voice to the, to the voiceless because all the comedies that were for the black community at the time, or no comedies, in, there were none. So he really like, he, he found this, this market that people just assumed didn't exist or weren't interested going to. Cause there's a moment where they're sitting in this theater for this comedy that I can't, I don't, I don't know what the comedy is. And he's watching it and he's like, where are the jokes in this? What, what, what is this? And he really goes out of his way to give voice to the voiceless in his movie, like in his movies and like in the casting and, and getting people on board. And it's a really fascinating tale of, the, of this of this human being who he never really quite reached mainstream success because it was there was always this kind of cap on because of the the, the kind of swearing and the, and the rudeness of his of his work. He never never quite broke out in that big way. Like people know him, and you may have heard these heard of these movies, but they're not really mainstream until I'd say probably this this movie who just that just came out. And Eddie Murphy is terrific in this movie. Oh, Everybody is really, great. really and it's clearly a passion project of him because of his because he wanted to make it like fifteen years ago when this guy was still alive and he wasn't really interested in making he's like, oh, I don't want to make a movie about my life or whatever. So it's but the other thing is aside So he from, made it once the guy died. Yeah pretty he much. He's like shoved yeah. off the page he's like great yeah. got that guy out of the but way. But I think but it's not but it's like a love letter. Like it's not oh, it's not it's, like it's not insulting and and even though he plays this ridiculous like womanizing kung fu like shooting people kind of <laughs> it's it's kind of like they kind of meant to make it a shaft and then they just kept putting all these weird and funny things in it like weird sex scenes and like terrible fist fights and shootouts and things like that and it's quite it's really it's really if you've ever seen any clips of the, sh- of the movie it's really quite funny and because the, there's this real kind of charm to it like the real the nature that they uh, the way that they made it like they the, the building that they filmed in they didn't have any power so they just stole the, the power from next door to make it and nobody was really being paid and all these kinds of things and Wesley Snipes is really good because he plays this kind of snooty actor who's who's done a few kind of roles in mainstream movies who ends up directing this movie and and I've never seen him play a role like this before. It, it is, and he's quite good. But what's interesting is there's a real earnestness to the real to Rudy Ray Moore himself, even though he he does. It's just a persona, this character, and he is really about just yeah, like I said, representing people who aren't necessarily being represented or being entertained to. I, I would say on on this kind of level, people hadn't seen really a movie like like this before, and it's just it's just terrific. Like it's it's well it's well worth watching. It's it's really funny. It's really heartfelt. He also, this guy, which I didn't know, had a huge influence on on rap. He's considered by some to be like the godfather of rap because of his the way he would rhyme in his in, in his comedy. Like Snoop Dogg, who's actually in this, has said 
that without Dolomite, there's no Snoop Dogg. So it's th- this is the kind of influence that this guy kind of has. And he's anyway, it's just it's it's getting some award buzz award. And I think you should definitely watch it because it's it's kind of oh, great. It yeah. sounds brilliant. Yeah, Where really is good. it available? It's on Netflix. On Netflix. Yeah, oh, gosh. I watched it last night. Isn't that amazing about mm. streaming services? Right. I yeah. think that there's so many stories that haven't been told before that can be told mm. that ha- don't have to rely on you know selling seats in a theater. Yes. And Netflix has just opened this whole world up. To, definitely. You know, are just so many di- and they're yeah. doing well, streaming such in general. A, I yeah, guess. yeah. Totally. But I think those streaming services and Netflix particularly just really seems to be trying to champion as yep. many different creators as possible. Yeah. And, and it's stories. obviously it's a it's a way for them to make money and oh, of course, yeah. Well. But, 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 but it does kind of reflect what this guy that. was kind of doing at the time. Like he was just at the lowest of the low in, in times. And I love the way that Eddie Murphy puts it that, yeah, like I said, he's this loser who just can't lose. Like he's not really good at anything, but just the grind and the way and and the passion that he has for this 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 dumb thing, like it's a dumb thing, but it's great. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And maybe yeah. back then they didn't have that kind of. No, comedy there wasn't. I mean, Shaft is through. like there was Shaft, but Shaft's you know funny as well in parts. But there's a there's a seriousness to it, which this kind of isn't. Just watch it. It's really right, good. I think okay. you really like it. Anyways, uh, yeah. I know you wanted to recommend something, correct? I did. Did you correct. want to recommend your skinny little knees? Why are you going on about that today? All I, I mean, walking around the house and all he keeps saying is, what are you doing with your skinny little knees? They're not even that skinny. You've got skinnier legs than me. You've got skinny little knees. You're like knees. a chicken-legged man. You're a bit more balanced now, but when we first started dating, you were doing all upper body weights, mate, and nothing below. No leg day. No yeah. leg day. So you had like two little toothpick legs. <laughs> and, and jet black hair. <laughs> and jet black hair. Newly you were the red streak when we I first did, yeah. met. I did, yeah. Pretty cool you stuff. You were like 21. I looked terrible. Freshly 21. It's all right. Mm. I had that weird short fringe. We I both remember. looked weird. Yeah. Remember that photo that was taken of us on the night we met and we've hidden it away and I've lost it now because it was it. so It'll show up again. Awful. It always, every, every like six years it shows up. We both look at it and go, oh, my God. God. <laughs> so yeah. awful. Just on that note about Eddie Murphy, I'm really glad he's made something great because yeah, I know after we talked about that episode of him with Jerry Seinfeld on comedians in cars getting coffee, yes, he was really nervous, right, about kind of doing yeah. a comeback. Not that this is a stand-up comedy, no. but so he's still. doing Saturday Saturday Night Live soon as well, which hasn't oh. been on for like 25 years or something. So, so he's so coming back he's in. Come, uh, he's coming, coming back, back into the yeah. game. I love I it. I mean, he's rich. He doesn't need to, but it's. Right? I, but I, the thing is, I think he's a genuine talent. Yes. Yeah. Oh even, my gosh. Even, ob- obviously. But even when he and was making. And in the making, morning, I'll yeah. make a waffles. But even, yeah, even when he was so making good. kind of bad stuff, you yeah. still like, well, he, I know he's good. And you're just yeah. kind of waiting for him to do like and the I next. I just hope so- nothing weird comes out about him. You <laughs> sure, know, yeah. Me too ish related. Well, there's that fear of. I mean, of I was literally... if there is stuff we want it to come out, but yeah, I really. I know hope. what you mean, yeah. That, that, there's that fear of literally everybody. So. No, right? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. On that note, can I talk about my stuff now? Yeah, he's getting a little cool. knees. Go for it. Oh, yeah, here we go. Okay, so. I have two things, but the first thing I wanted to talk about was a book I've just finished. It's a memoir. It's by one of my favourite singer-songwriters from Melbourne, Claire Bowditch. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the memoir is entitled Your Own Kind of Girl. I went to the book release on Thursday and it was just so joyful to see her interviewed. Her music has been a big influence on me for a really long time and a lot of people, I think people especially who struggle with their creativity would relate to her song Amazing Life. She's also done a lot of others that are fantastic. Your Own Kind of Girl, which is kind of inspiring the title of this book, is a brilliant song about, and I did get a review recently, that Claire only reviews stuff made by women about women. Well, there's a thousand things reviewing stuff by men about men. Well, I exclusively (laughs) review stuff about men, so I think it's a good balance. (laughs) You don't actually, and I appreciate that. 
anyway, it's, it's she reflects a lot because she's, I would say, very voluptuous yeah. and she doesn't strike you as someone who would immediately fit into the stereotype of a musician, particularly in those, in the early days when she talks about in the 90s when she was sort of starting her career. She didn't see anyone like her anyway. This is before the days of Lizzo. And, mm. and even now, really, there's so much pressure on women to look that one particular way, be, you know, size six and all of that kind of thing. And she struggled a lot with her mental health and she had a nervous breakdown when she was 21. And this her book really encapsulates what it feels like to be um, a woman growing up in a world that doesn't really appreciate you for the things that you want to be appreciated for, mm. like your brain and your voice and your loudness and and your talent often, I think, and it's changing now, but I think yeah. there's a lot of pressure internally and externally on women to fit into particular moulds. I, I read an, an excerpt of it online where she talks about how she was kind of a chubby kid, but she loved it. Like she she yeah. loved her body and like how jiggly it was and she'd, she'd like run yeah, around. Yeah, and, and she whatever. was so funny and yeah. great. There's a really um, sort of interesting pivotal moment in her life, and mm. I related to this, where she got put on a diet when she was yeah. in grade five and she comes back after the summer holidays just like as skinny as a rake and all of these mums ask Everyone's her. Everyone's like, oh, my goodness, yeah. you look great. And yeah. she suddenly realized that oh, I thought it was only the bullies that thought I was too fat but I realized it was yeah. everybody and then all these mums and teachers are like asking for photocopies of her diet you know the stuff that would couldn't really happen now but at the time you know everyone was photocopying her like cottage cheese stuffed tomato recipes and things but that kind of gave her a complex and kind of mirrored back to her that the, her size wasn't okay yeah and and because she suddenly started getting this attention and all that stuff, something else, and it's not spoiling it, very pivotally early on you find out that she had an older sister who was five mm. and she was, you know, maybe three years old um, and her sister got diagnosed with an illness. Well, undiagnosed for six months anyway and after a couple of years she passed away. So for two years her sister lived in the children's hospital and she comes yeah. from this very Catholic family, five kids, really close, full of love and joy and this amazingly wonderful giving family lost a daughter. Yeah. And that moment that that happens for her family and at that age she would have been five when her sister passed, mm. trying to kind of grapple with that and with that huge enormity of grief and I think it really only came out when she was 21. Yeah. When she had that breakdown, she was over in London, she'd just been through a breakup and it just all kind of came out. So it's just such a great book for – it. For anyone who's ever doubted themselves and has imposter syndrome and not me. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a terrible book for someone like me. No, so many people no. have reviewed it and said it was brilliant. Yeah. Lee Sales, who you know I love, I always talk about, said Claire Bowditch made me feel how wonderful and difficult and amazing it is to be human. And I love one of the my, cover as well. Yeah, it's so great. It's of her with these like sunglasses on <laughs> and she's just totally herself. He was a baby. She's like so good. No, yeah, maybe younger. Yeah. Maybe younger. I think probably like mm. eight. Bernard Fanning, who's another favorite musician of mine from Powderfinger, the band, says brutal at times but funny as fuck. This book will change a lot of lives for the better. And I totally believe that. She wrote it for people who are going through tough times, who are doubting themselves, who aren't sure of their place in the world. And and she gives a lot of great advice at the end of the book and books to read and places to sort of go and resources for people. So it's just, oh, I can't recommend it enough. I read it in a day. It's a beautiful story told beautifully. And she's become this successful musician and it's kind of incredible to think of her at 21 completely doubting that she had any talent at all. Mm. And then when she finally had the courage to put her music out there, what happened? 
Because we, well, I have seen her a couple of times mm. recently, and you've seen her four or five at least, I'd, I'd yeah. imagine. But yeah, because we saw her where she first did a like breakout gig, and she talked, she spoke about how it was twenty years prior and how how shy she was, and how she used to because she used to clean up the bar, and when everyone was out of the room or upstairs, she'd sing, and then they'd come down and they'd be like, "What was that?" And she's like, "I don't know." No, I don't know who that was. <laughs> yeah. oh, nobody. Yeah. She was, and you, you've um, interviewed interviewed her. her, yeah, which is a great. I I was in the room at the time doing the tech stuff. It's that. That will be linked below. Thank you, Collins, who does yeah, all that. Because it's a really terrific interview. And she's just a really lovely person. Yeah, very yeah. warm. She's done a lot of things. She runs Big Hearted mm. Business for creatives to teach them about business. And yeah. she's a radio host on the ABC. Mm. Um, she does a lot of things. And her songs um, are so great. Her song Woman is amazing. That's just come out recently. Um, her songs You Make Me Happy, You Look So Good, One Little River, mm. um, on this site, just so many. So if you don't know her, go find her music. Go find her. I book. do know her. You do. But I might read that book. But she's anyway. really. She's also just bloody funny. She's funny. She's yeah. So funny. She mm. said that, and I think this happens a lot when you aren't typical, like looking, particularly as a girl. You have to find an or anyone as a human. You have to find other ways, right? Well, there's and a you character develop a bloody just personality. like that in um, Dolomite, a female character oh. as well. Who, again, I think you might. Like it. All right. I will do that. Mm. All right. So that's my first recommendation. Off you go, Jim Barr. For my recommendation, I recommend Claire's skinny little knees. (laughs) What the frick is going on? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Shut up, you old boot, about my skinny little knees. I don't have skinny little knees. I have sexy legs. Sexy long legs. Even if I did have skinny knees, it wouldn't matter because I am more than my appearance. I, uh, that's true. But I Mate, recommend. Unlike you. I, I watched the. <laughs> thank you. I, I watched the movie. Greybeard. Stuba. Stuba. Stuba? Uh, it's it's uh, Kumail Nanjiani. It's Dave Batista. It's directed by Michael Douse. Uh, it's one of the movies that Fox sold over to Disney when they, they got rid of everything. They sold their movie division. Uh, and it tanked like hard. It was. It cost $16 million and it made 32 But basically, it's this buddy cop comedy that they don't really kind of make anymore because they don't do well, obviously, as a result of this. But do you know Kamal Nanjiani started as like a comedian and a podcaster and now he's in like Marvel movies and uh, he's in, what would you know him from? The Big Sick. He's yes. a lead in The Big oh, Sick. Oh, I love yeah. him. There and he's go. also in something else hilarious, the one about Silicon, Silicon Valley. Valley. Yeah. yeah, Silicon so, Valley. Yeah. <laughs> he's so great in yes. that. The Big Sick. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He's one of my favorites. Have, we haven't talked about that yet, I don't have think we? so, It's no. such a good movie. Everybody's oh, seen The Big Sick. And it's a true story. It is. It's, yeah, it's yeah. really the story of how he met his wife. Met his wife. And yeah, it's exactly. a crazy-ass story. And Ray Romano's in it. Correct. She like went into a coma on their like third date or something. Yeah, they wrote it together. But Dave Batista, who is Drax from... Guardians of the Galaxy is the green uh, guy yes, as well. Yes, yes, yes. So basically, it's a he's a plays a cop like this super muscle bound like hero cop who he's but he's getting older, so he, he wears these glasses. Muscle bound, he's so scrawny. Dave Batista. Oh no, sorry. Dave, I was okay, still... yeah, no. Dave Batista's enormous. Kamal Nanjiani is like a <laughs> yeah, normal size. I thought you were talking about Kamal. No, no, no. 
So, though he might be soon because he's in a new Marvel movie coming Ooh, out. Oh, I love so. that when Scrawny did. That yeah. was like um, Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. All of them. They all he do it. He got so sexy. He got so sexy so quickly. Yeah, I didn't find him as sexy in the most recent Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, he put he did put on a little bit of weight for that intentionally for the yeah, role. So maybe just... that's why Clay. But who's judging bodies now <laughs> with your skinny little I'm knees? I'm objectifying <laughs> everybody. Anyway, he's a cop. Who's uh, out for it? So he's, his gal. glasses, because he's got bad vi- vision, yeah. his glasses come off in like a bust and it costs the life of his partner. So as a result, he gets laser surgery, but then when he, he gets the laser, the LASIK, but after getting it, this he finds out news of this big drug bust that's, that's happening. So he's blind and he has to go out and kind of solve this case, though he can't really see the hand in front of his face. So he, he hires an Uber who's Stu, hence the name Stuba. And he's forced to kind of drive him around to all these different action scenes and, and events where it's really bloody and, and it's not like you could you could definitely handle it, but it's it, it's got it's like fun action and it's kind of, it's kind of low budget, but it does really well for for what it is. It also might just be one big ad for Uber, I suspect, because there's a lot of like Uber's pretty good because look, you just use this app and it's a ride check. Uh, they, it, they got you. Yeah, it's mostly that Uber. They're not Stuba. Well, they are because they <laughs> they put money into this fucking movie. How which, bad was that show we watched Uber Driver on the ABC? Oh yeah, yeah that wasn't a great. That one, was bad. Was I mean, I watched like ten minutes of it. I shouldn't. No, I watched two episodes. Okay, no good. No good. Oh, well, good. Sorry, well, whoever created that. Yeah. Well, you know, not everything's for everybody. Maybe it's for some people. Who Maybe knows? Maybe it's for some. But look, it's it's not it's not like a life changing movie. But it's also some people who are in it who you might not necessarily see in you know normal movies because Kamal Nanjiani is kind of an unconventional kind of action hero in this. He's just so this funny. Kind of, that in this guy. kind of movie. But it, but he's kind of been in some bombs lately. So I'm hoping that this kind of does well because he's in the new Men in Black, which is not good, and he's in this, which didn't do well, and and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just a if you like kind of buddy cop kind of. Action movies. This is a pretty decent one. It's got some. It's got some funny moments. What's next for you, skinny Ooh. little knees? All right. I feel like I'm coming around to it. The thing that is happening that always happens with you is that you start tell it, calling me something, and I get really annoyed by it. And then over time, it becomes affectionate, and then I like it. <laughs> and then it sometimes gets again. annoying again. Yeah, but now I'm starting to be people, like, yeah, do have skinny little people knees. People will be able to chart the progression of this on the show, no doubt. It's all right, you old egg. I used to call you egg a lot. <laughs> That's true. What was next? Oh, yeah, I'm recommending another That's thing. That's you. Oops. Okay. All right. So I have a podcast to recommend you, James. I'm ready. I love podcasts. Okay, excellent. So I met these two incredible women in the toilet at OzPod, which is a conference I went to a little while back. Did you bail them up? Did I you, did. Were you like, hello, shake my hand after I've been to the toilet. <laughs> I kind of did, but I didn't know they were Mandy and Kate from Two Peas in a Podcast. Mm. I just like their backpacks. You just love making friends with people in the I toilet. I do, but they were so lovely and they like took me under their wing and we sat together because none of my friends were there yet. It was really nice. Anyway, then I found out they uh, hosted this podcast that I had recommended on Chat 10 Looks 3, one of my favourite shows. Mm. And then I had to listen to the show and my goodness, it is hilarious and warm and also heartbreaking. They met because they both have twins mm. with disabilities, right? different disabilities, um, and both of their twins are also premature, which is a whole other thing as sure, well. Sure, absolutely, yeah. What they've really done, though, is create a community of, of women mostly, I think, and families who have kids of differing abilities yes. and have felt voiceless and alone. And so their podcast is uplifting and funny and frank and also really honest about what it's like to be in their position and to go through what they've gone through. They give really great advice to medical professionals and and people who are unsure, I guess, of what it would be like to walk in their shoes and kind of also giving advice about the things not to say. 
Because often people say things without even thinking, like, for example, I just want a healthy baby. You know that term? Yeah, right. And you yeah. hear that all the time. I'm sure I've said that too. Mm. But I hadn't realised the kind of connotations that has. So what you're saying is... Well, if I don't get a healthy baby, yeah, 100%. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, or like, for want of a better word, in inverted commas, a normal baby. Yeah. You mm. know, all of that kind of stuff is so hurtful. And excluding, I guess, yeah. too. And I, I think it's such an important podcast to listen to. And it's the reason I love podcasts so much, because people who wouldn't normally get a voice get a voice. Yes. You know? And I was saying this to you yesterday. I feel like podcasts are becoming more like it's a big business and they've, you know, like everyone's making their moves and creating their own content and whatever. And I think it's important that stuff like this still remains and still gets kind of pushed oh. out there. And it's, obviously it's still doing well regardless because everybody's talking about this podcast because it's, it's so terrific. But these are, this is the kind of stuff that I like other than like, it's a murder mystery brought to you by some fucking, <laughs> what do you buy, those... Hoover dishwashers or whatever the fuck, you know <laughs> what look, I mean? they have a place too. Of course they I do, agree. Yeah. What, they, what Mandy and Kate have done is create a community and a yes. place for people to come to to share their experiences. And and I, what I love most and what I also loved about Claire Bowditch's book, it does the same thing. It says here is the stuff that I'm going through that's really hard and difficult. Here is also some stuff to laugh at and find joy in. Yeah. And maybe you might go, be going through something like that or something different but still you're not alone, yeah. you know, because the human experience is so difficult in mm. so many ways. And I think in our perfect Instagram world sometimes people forget that and we don't see all the stuff that people are going through behind the scenes. And so I just think it's life affirming. One, um, someone spoke to me recently about it and said that they listen to it when they need reminding and grounding in what's actually important and what and what to not worry about. Yes. You know, sometimes we can forget about what really matters. And also, they're just such bloody good friends. Mm. And isn't it nice to hear to people who actually like each other because we don't? I wouldn't know about <laughs> such a thing. It's, it's such a foreign concept. Correct. Yeah. Anyway, so I would highly recommend going to listen to their show, Two Peas in a Podcast. Great. No, and yeah. they're, they're very nice as well as human beings. They so if are. you're like, well, they create this great thing, but in real life they suck. <laughs> it's not that. It's, it's good on all fronts. No, yeah. no. And it's, yeah, it's just brilliant. Yeah, so it is. thank you so much, Mandy and Kate, if you're listening for our just bringing it your podcast to the yeah, world. Definitely. Bloody great. Now we're coming up on the Halloween season. Ooh. We thought we were going to do a, a, a full a full spooky episode all the time Ooh. for this week, but we, but we didn't. But we you had the really good idea of doing re- It was a good idea. It's a great idea. You you your skinny little knees came trotting <laughs> into the room to trot, tell trot, trot, and trot. you what, what was your idea? You, you can All say. right. So uh, we were thinking we'd talk about horror movies, but we don't know anything about them. I don't I like do, horror Claire. movies. I know a lot okay. about them. Well, not that much. <laughs> well, I don't really like horror movies. They're too scary for me. But what I thought would be cool would be to talk about a villain from your childhood in film or TV that mm. just was terrifying, like yes. the most terrifying thing from your childhood. Or a book childhood. or a podcast. Yeah, whatever it is, especially this one. You know, that really terrified you. So what yeah. was yours? What terrified okay, you what, as a kid? So, I mean, I was thinking like, you know, there's the Darth Vader, there was Skeletor from that He-Man movie or whatever. But the thing I remember really freaking me out was a show, it was a 1986 made-for-television family film uh, and failed pilot, which aired as the Disney Sunday movie called Mr. Boogity. And basically, 
I watched the trailer for it and I'm like, this is the dumbest fucking thing <laughs> it's I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but basically it's this, it's all American family moves into this house and it's haunted and upstairs or in the attic lives this guy called Mr. Boogity. And I, I guess he's the boogeyman, but he looks kind of like the emperor from Star Wars and he shoots green lightning and he's all like, ah, ah, ah. And as a kid, I'm like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen and I'm never <laughs> going to sleep again. And at the end, I remember they sucked up his cape with a vacuum cleaner and these powers disappeared or something. I don't remember. I didn't really watch, watch it because I'm like, this is painful enough just to watch this 30-second thing. Anyway, I just, it's always stuck in my head as this thing that, like, just always freaked me out as a kid. Yeah. And just going back to it. Like, it wasn't one of those things where I was like, oh, my God, I never want to go back to this thing. It was just, I was just like, I don't even want to think about this thing ever again in my life. But thinking about a thing that like really kind of got under your yeah, skin. Yeah, but is it so? He wasn't terrifying. No, at a, all. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Isn't Awful. that weird? I wonder what it was about. It that did you have nightmares? I probably yeah. I don't really remember. It just really yeah. made you feel weird. Yeah, and gross. What about you? What was yours? Uh, mine is so so obscure. What well, one was the witches, which I watched way sure. too young. It's the movie version of the book Roald Dahl's book. book. Yeah. yeah, it's such a great book. It's bloody terrifying. It's it just is. like witches that eat children. Yeah. It's quite terrifying. The movie, I've watched it way too young. It gave me so many nightmares. Mm. Um, but the one thing that has stuck in my head forever, and I don't know if you've seen it in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I've seen Chitty Chitty. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, we love you. It's not a good movie. With Dick Van Dyke. Look, it's all right. I loved it. And I love there's a character called Truly Scrumptious. Truly Scrumptious. Anyway, it's very lighthearted and fun and like rollicking. And then all of a sudden it takes the darkest turn that could ever take. So they the characters all go in this magical car and visit this land with like a magical castle. And it all looks happy and wonderful and lovely. And then, James. I'm ready. The child catcher appears. Yeah. And I wanted to show you a picture of him in case you didn't remember. Oh, yeah. yeah. He just looks like a guy I could beat up. All <laughs> oh, right. No, he's so <laughs> no, no, creepy. Because he's, he's played... got like a big nest or something yeah, or a big cage like a on his big, back. But yeah, so he's played by um, the late dancer Robert Helpman and yeah. he's got these like weird big boggly eyes and like a black hat and cape. But what was creepy about him, because I was quite a chubby kid, I love my lollies, he had like a cage that was decorated in lollies and he would skip down this really creepy way down the street pretending to be all happy and lovely and giving out free lollies for the children. Mm. And the way he used to say children was like so creepy and then the kids would like go into the cage to get the lollies and then he would shut the doors, all the all the yummy lollies. And he was a sex criminal. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think there was like weird because it was so – it's such a weird film we made. It was like made, what, in the 1950s, I'm guessing? I would say 60s probably. 60s? Oh, 1968. Mm. And so it's just got this weird vibe of yeah. like – And it doesn't really fit the rest of the movie. No, memory, and he's yeah. a little bit – yeah, it's just It was gross. like that movie – did you ever see that movie Return to Oz? It was from the 80s. It had like really spooky like – Oh, Puppeteers. They had yes. the wheelies and stuff in Connected it. to the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Secret, a, yes. So he's got that weird dark vibe about it. Anyway, all his like – he suddenly turns into this horrible goblin man and like the kids get taken in there from – in the cage. They get taken underneath the castle away from their families and they're just made to work and mine. And so there's just all these children trapped Mindful under what? the castle. I can't remember. But they're all just like stuck under there. Mm. And so on the surface, this beautiful castle looks beautiful and there's all these lovely people and everyone's singing. And underneath all the children are just trapped in the dark. It's a real Harry Potter situation with those house elves. Oh, mate, it totally is. It was so freaking terrifying. And I just used to have these terrible nightmares about the child catcher. Mm. (sighs) Even thinking about even now. I know you said you looked at yours and you're like, whatever. He's freaking me out. You could beat that guy up. 
Yeah, probably. I do do a lot of like weightlifting now. He jammed but even a skinny, so, little, skinny little knee into his stomach. I don't know. He had like this black stringy hair. Yeah, he's like an Oliver Twist kind of villain. Yeah, but got creepier. Ramped up. Yeah. You, meant, you mentioned yeah. The Witches. I thought you might be interested in this. They're actually remaking it. It's coming out next oh, year. Really? Robert Zemeckis, who did Back to the Future, but he also did all those like Beowulf and The Polar Express, those movies that I hate with both fake <laughs> yeah, people. So this bad. is a real one, though, but uh, Octavia Spencer in it. I assume she's the grandma, but Anne Hathaway is the Grand High Witch. <gasps> so I think that could be really interesting. <gasps> she's yeah. great, Anne Hathaway. Mm, Sometimes. We talked about it last week. Yeah. yeah, she surprises you. She was so good in Les Mis. Too. Mm, that's I mean, true. How do you I really like that, that movie. I know a lot of people have its reasons for yeah, not I mean, liking Russell it. Crow, Russell Crowe, obviously. Singing. Oh, my God. But I, I, like, I think that movie's a, a really fair shot, and that guy's making Cats, which is coming out this year. Cats! <laughs> One of the best trailers that are oh out there. Oh, my goodness. What were they oh thinking? I cannot God. wait. Me neither. You know what? I can't wait to talk about and watch the Little Women film that's coming out. Oh, yeah. That's what, that looks really good, actually. It looks yeah. so, it's had great And I love the jokes. People are like, they don't look too bloody little to me. They look like regular <laughs> size women. <laughs> oh. Anyway, I love that book. And also Judy, which I haven't got to see yet, but I really oh, yeah, want to see now, with Renee yeah. Zellweger. Very good. Well, we've got to bloody wrap this up. we got to wrap Happy it up. Happy Halloween, everybody. Actually, I would be really interested to know what's the thing that like spooked people. As a, as a little kid. Yeah. Like, that, Tweet us at Suggestible yeah, I liked like spooky books when I was a kid or as well. Or on Instagram if that's your preferred one. Sure. Did you? I'll put a post up on Instagram. People can comment underneath. Yeah, absolutely. You loved spooky books. Yeah, definitely. I loved Goosebumps by yeah, definitely, J.R. Yeah. Stein. Right? J.R. Tolkenstein. No, R.L. Stein. R.L. Jenkinstein. I used to love that. And I also love murder mystery books. But don't like the child catcher. I understand. And you know what really, uh, you might not like child catching, but people may like leaving a review. If you had to choose between the two, this is the one we'd love you to do. Uh, it's from This is from McDeeDuck. It's just on the bloody uh, app. You just open up your podcast app, give it a bloody five stars if you would so be so inclined. It says, wow, James just referenced Salary Man when he was t- talking about his love of Paul Rudd, and I never thought I could love another man more than I love Paul Rudd, but James <laughs> might give him a run for his Ant-Man money. Ooh. Also, Claire is cool too or whatever. So, look, I know that one's a little James heavy. I'm not going to lie. But uh, anyway, I appreciate somebody who appreciates me appreciating Salary Man. So, <laughs> I love that, you, actually. McD-Duck. I went and watched Salary Man and, mate, have you got a so Have you got a rec for us? I do. I'm worried I've already read this one out. But anyway, I've already done that once to Maisie X. Sorry, Maisie, I read yours twice. So we'll see. This is from Sean Fillart. Hello, Clara James. This is Sean writing from the Philippines. Big fan. My Netflix queue has gotten longer ever since I started listening. I'm going to return the favour by making a suggestible to you. The Philippines movie scene is experiencing some kind of resurgence oh, today. very good. In a way that movies of better quality are getting more and more mainstream attention. Some have even found their way to Netflix. My suggestible is a movie called Buy Bust. It features nonstop action that all happens in one location, kind of like Dread or The Raid. It also shows an interesting take to the very real drug problem in our country. Mm, Yeah, boo. It is available on Netflix. Wishing your pod all the best. Well, that sounds like all killer, no filler. As correct, it does. We might have reviewed that twice, but that's all right. I don't remember hearing that one before. Cool, excellent. Excellent. Anyway, that's suggestible. All those it's things. suggestible, so, yeah. pod. Ooh, Ooh, don't, don't, spooky time. Don't have too much of a spooky time because if you do, you'll be The boogeyman will the, get the you. The boogity man, Claire. The boogity man. Man, I'm sick of ghosts. I'm sick of their shit. I don't like ghost movies because they're like, <laughs> I'm moving this closet. Great. Good for you. <laughs> I'm sick of your you shit. If you can't wield a gun, <laughs> I don't care. My skinny Not, little knees are sick of your shit. All I'll right. That. Goodbye. Don't piss off the ghosts. Why? Well, they're going to rattle a cupboard. They'll come to get, get you. Fuck out of here, ghosts. Go back to where you came from, being alive. Oh, you can't. There was a ghost. There was a ghost. Ah! There was a, the ghosts are real. What a way to end the show.
<laughs> this podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's, it's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.